theyeshiva.net. So let's continue. Amid Nun Beis, page Nun Beis in the Maimah V'yadaita, like nine lines from the top, line starts, Gamkein, Gimel Chav, Gamkein, Oira Vaya Kanal. So the summation of the entire explanation till now is that Vihine, Commotion is boyer la elbe marshal de mashpio macab. Shamacabal yucha love gam cane. La oimic primi is vatsmi is chachmasarav. Everything we explained in the parable of the teacher, the mentor, and this pupil, the mashpia, the giver, and the macabal, the recipient, that the student, the pupil, can ultimately reach the full depth and core of the wisdom of the mentor. For as the Gemara says in after 40 years, he can ultimately master and reach the Das, the mindset of his Rebbe, which as we explained earlier, the meaning of that is not he finally understands. Hopefully he'll understand the Shia before, before 40 years. But it means that Koyaminish, he can actually attain the ultimate das of his Rav, meaning the pure, pristine knowledge, undiluted, pre the tzimtzum. So he says, The same is true that we can understand, the same must be understood in the Nimshal as well. The point that we're trying to illustrate, the Be'emes, Yochel Kol Echad Ve'echad Love. Lepchines Gilu Yer Pnimi Yis Va'atzmi Yisayin Insayif D'Shem Avayim. That everyone can reach. What do we say? By everyone we mean every single person can reach. The Gilu Yer Pnimi Yis Va'atzmi Yisayin Insayif D'Shem Avayim. The full light, full revelation of the inner core of the essence of Eirin Saif, of Shem Havaya, beyond the Likim, that it can illuminate his soul, his consciousness, his identity, his life, in a very conscious and real, authentic way. Vahainu, what this means is, through his work, Yegiyah, Hard work, toil. Both the toil of the soul and the toil of the flesh. To remove the layers of blockages and concealments. He, the person, reaches, arrives, to the revelation to the manifestation, to the realization of the core of the air, the infinite light, mashallah, mila, mila, which is completely beyond the externality, which has become a source for the worlds. In order, as we said, for the air of Havaya to become a mucker, a source for all the Olamas, it must be filtered and screened through that has been the whole the whole explanation, the whole process. That we call chitzonius, 
Chitzonius means it's external. It's external because that's the only light that the world can absorb, that the world can receive. Just like the student can only receive the chitzonius. Chitzonius from the word chutz, chitzon, the outside, can only receive the most external layer of the chachma, of the wisdom of the Rav, in order that he should be able to absorb it and understand it and appreciate it and be enlightened and educated and sublimated by it. So it has to be in such a dosage that is completely custom-made to, to the student and in the nimshal to the world, to the creature, to the person, as explained at length. That's called chitzonius, which could become a mucker for the islands. But since based on the premise that the only Hester is really from the student's perspective, because from the teacher's perspective there's no Hester at all as explained, so this means that ultimately from the student's perspective there's also really no concealment. First of all, this is the only way you could transport it into his world. And second of all, you're ultimately giving him access to everything because the marshal is really only a cover-up. But it's not a real blockage. It's not the absolute blockage which means you have no access. On the contrary, it's giving you access to the ultimate information. How is it giving you access? Yes, by obscuring it and by... Uh, by filtering it, and by screening it, and by mitigating it, and diluting it, and channeling it into these particular channels, which we call tzimtzumim, halemas, estetim, mishalim, all the good words for it. But ultimately, he wants to give access. And not only access to a little bit, which is also nice, it's better than nothing, but ultimately access to, to everything, to the full scope, to the full depth, and the reason is because, as we said before, if Lagabi the Mashpia it was a Hester, it would have been a Hester for the Makabal. Since for the Mashpia, for the teacher, there's no concealment at all. That means ultimately for the student, there's also no concealment. It's just a process of what we call Archoiser in contrast to Aryashar, which in the Nimshal means that ultimately the objective is that, and the capabilities for every single Nivra to be able to climb back through the ladder, and I say, use the word ladder uh, um, in, intentionally because the idea of the ladder is that there are steps, and each step brings you one rung lower, but each step that brings you a rung lower is also paradoxically a step that allows you to climb back the same way. So if there wouldn't be steps, if there would be quantum leaps, at some point... There may be a quantum leap downward, but how do you get back up? You can't get back up. Because the leap, the, the descent happens through steps, and each step is one lower step in the process, so each step could become a step in the opposite direction as well. And that's the critical point. Uh, just like the Mashpia took the steps down, and for him, therefore, it wasn't a real descent, because each step below, each lower step, contains within it the realization of the higher step, it's just bringing it down, that means each step ultimately becomes also a step for ascent, not only a step for descent. The very same step through which the information was channeled and screened becomes the very same step through which the student can then unravel and use these steps to see where did this step come from and where did this step come from until 
he goes back to the first step and that which is beyond the step. And that's the idea that through the marshal he can go back to the nimshal after 40 years, that ultimately every nivra, every created being, even though it lives in the world of concealment, but really through Yegiyah, through the work, just like the work of the student is a lot of work. As the Rava says, takes 40 years, what does the student do for 40 years? He can't be sitting and doing nothing for 40 years. When Rav said, it means there is, there is serious work and commitment and diligence. But the same is true also in the Nimshal, that the full Oyrein Soif, so to speak, of Shem Havaya, pre-Shem Elikim, you would think is completely not available even when you begin to talk about a world, and even the highest world, as we explained at length, this is the whole success and product of Tzimtzum. That's only on one level. But on a deeper level, when you understand the full picture, then from the marshal you can reach the nimshal. And in every step of concealment, there's also a step that brings you back towards revelation because ultimately the hester, the concealment, is a marshal for a nimshal and therefore it has all the truth of the Ein Saif, even though it's a process to journey backwards. And then every single one can experience the full gilui, the full Ein Saif in his soul by, so to speak, climbing back that ladder from downward upward, just like it came down from upward downward. And therefore he concludes, it's not only the chitzonius that you reach, the chitzonius is that which becomes a mucker for Olamus, that would be the external information, but the full pnimius, the full intense core and essence of what he calls oirein soiv, the oir of the infinite. True, if he would start off with the full revelation of Pnimius Vatsmius, it would be like the teacher and the student. There wouldn't be a student left. There wouldn't be a world. It has to go through those steps. The ladder has to go down. And each rung brings it down more and more and more. Here it's not just like in a ladder where each rung is essentially like the one on top of it. It's just simply lower. Here when we say lower and higher, we don't mean in space. Lower and higher we mean in terms of consciousness, how much it feels itself versus how much it experiences infinity. So lower and higher is not in space. I'm just using the muscle of the ladder in the sense that there is a degradation, there's a devolu- uh, a, uh, a de- uh, um, an evolution downward, devolution, I guess, in order for there to be able to be the journey back. Yes? Um, the muscle is teacher to student, and the teacher is connected to that well, in the marshal, obviously the marshal is imperfect. In the marshal, the rav represents the wisdom that is Ein Saif. Obviously, we're talking here about a teacher and a student that are worthy of this marshal. Yeah. I'm saying you have a teacher who, you know, uh, is teaching Gemara, and five minutes before he looks up the art scroll, you know, and he teaches, so the teacher and the student may be the other way around. We're talking here. So as far as really knowing that the Abishter, I guess like we look at Moshe Rabbeinu as being the ultimate one who connected with the Ainsel, then um, Sadiqim over the over the Doros, you know, the Tzivayim, the Sapret Sadiqim, they, 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 they had such a, such a, a, a yeah. connection or an understanding with the Ainsel. I guess so, yeah. One yeah. question. Yeah. We've been working with the assumption that Lakram Adar Mishnah 
is because, like you, you just said, that that's 40 years of hard labor, diligent work at, at doing that unraveling. But there is another dimension, going back to the teacher and the Talmud. Uh, you teach a kid Gemara, and he has just no idea what's flawed. But after a lot, a lot of years of teaching it, it's not just his continued labor, it's the breadth of experience. He's learning more Gemara, another Suga. It all starts to fit together in a unified way just from the passage of time learning more. So it doesn't have to only mean our Mishnah in terms that's how long you have to work. That's the amount of life experience that you need. Indeed, in, indeed. In, in the, in the Mashal to appreciate. Yes, 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 for sure. 100%. 40 years includes all of that. Ein Chacham Kabbalah Nesayin, the experience of life, is the great teacher, the greatest teacher. I mean, there's certain things that people can't experience, even brilliant people, simply because they don't have the experience of it. You know, there's something, for example, you know, somebody who, uh, you know, there's a reason that the President of the United States has to be a certain age. It's not because uh, till that age he may be unwise. Nothing is going to happen at that age to metamorphosize him into a brilliant uh, statesman. But it's just something that comes with age, with experience, with seeing people, your own life unraveling. You know, it's, a, it's just a different world. You know, talk to a person before they got married, after they got married, before they had children, after they had children, before they had, when they had babies, and then they have to deal with teenagers. It's a whole, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a different person. There's, sometimes it re- can really, uh, uh, it can uh, weigh down on you on one level. But if you open yourself up to the nimshal, it can also... Uh, so the more of the mushal you see, the, the right. life, the, the, the more the nimshal hundred percent, yes. Yeah, yeah. You see it also by tzaddikim. You see that uh, mm-hmm. the Bible said something. You don't understand what he said, right? Forty years later, you start to understand that's what he meant. Okay, yeah. That's included in it, right? Yeah. And sometimes even yourself, you'll you'll read something, you'll learn something, you hear something. You look at it at a later point, right? And now you simply have the the acumen, the experience, the knowledge, the depth, the maturity to be able to see it on a different level. The same Pasuk Chumash, the same Maimah Chazal, same Shir, the same idea, whatever it is. It's not that before you misunderstood it, you understood. But you just understood, you know, a very restricted form of the art, because it's really all there. The question is simply how much a person can expand his kalim more and more and more, and ultimately go to the place of the nimshal beyond all the mashallah. And then you come back, and like the teacher, you could see on every level how it was just carrying and containing the higher one. It was not really obscured or concealed. I have a different uh, process. I don't understand something on the beat. Okay. Somebody once said about somebody else, he said, on the surface, he seems like a deep guy, but deep down, he's shallow. (laughs) That's what one professor once said about a colleague of his. To the world, he seems very deep, but really we know deep down how shallow he is. <laughs> right? Here it's the other way around. Here is when you go deep enough, you see that what seemed shallow 
really contain depth. But for this, you have to go deeper, and then you could see the shallowness from a different perspective, from the perspective of the teacher rather than with the perspective of the student. Now here, we come to a, an important ramification result when it comes to avoida, when it comes to life in general. I'm going to try to explain something abstract and illustrate it in a more simple way, but it's not. this is not such a simple idea, it's a deep idea. One of the major consequences of this teaching, which is all belongs to the rubric, to the to the realm of the headline Simtsum Shaloi And this is a continuation directly to the previous class where we spoke about some of the ramifications. It has to do, although I touched on it but very briefly at the end, has to do with how we look at the finite versus the infinite. To put it in the, the words that we're learning, if you say that the tzimtzum is a real tzimtzum, then it would mean that the finite obscures the infinite, for real. In other words, the infinite at some point, is not present in the finite, or I should say present in a very, very compromised form, in a very, very diluted form. And that's its whole function. That's the whole function of the, res- of the concealment of the restriction. The innovative idea that this primary is conveying is that that's not the case. It may seem that that's the case in the initial process of, of, of discovery, but that's not the case. Since Legabi the Mashpia, there's no Hester. As he said before, Habba Hatalia. So Legabi the Makabal, there's also no Hester. In other words, what seems finite is really a channel of infinity. And not only because it channels it into a place that is incapable of receiving the infinite. That too, that's step one. In other words, what seems like concealment is really revelation. I want to bring it there. I don't want to hold it back. But in order to bring it there, if I wouldn't hold it back, I wouldn't bring it anywhere. I would bring it to myself. In order to bring it, I have to hold back. In order to give, I have to restrain. In order to express, in order to share, I have to be able to obscure. That's that's also very important. But it's much more than that. I want to give everything. And that's why the student put everything, as the Gemara Chazal say, means always teach your student in the way of brevity, means that in the Kitzer, in the brevity, and in the Marshall, you put in everything. But the, the brilliant sage knows how to put it in a way that it doesn't uh, flood his brain, it doesn't overwhelm him. So there's a process through get it, to get back to the original, undiluted, un, 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 unlimited information, through analyzing and unraveling that which is in this information right now, as he gave the example of Mishnah, what the Gemara always does with the Mishnah, and what and what Mefarshim will do with the Gemara, and what Acharonim 
will do with Rishonim. You'll sometimes uh, look at a Rambam in Mishnah Torah. The Rambam is very brief. He, he writes in his introduction that it's Baderech Tzara. He writes concise and brief. He wanted to have the whole the whole world of Halach in Mishnah Torah. <coughs> and the way the commentators, Dachroinim, and even in our own generations, unravel the Rambam, right? He uses this word and this word, and why this expression and this expression. He could have written it this way, and he changes one word from the Gemara. They're not, and and what you see is it's all there in the words. It could be it could have been learned for five hundred years in one way and be understood on some level. The same is true with Rashi and Chumash. The same is true with uh, and every level. Even though Rashi Lagabi Chumash is already an ariches, that's the function of Rashi to explain. But yet, relative to another generation, it's still very concise because it's all there. It was all put in the Derech Tzara. What this means then is that the finite is not really finite. The finite is simply a, uh, a what a lavush, a garment, a container for infinity, but not a container that really obscures it. And again, if for the mashpia it would have been a hester, for the makabal it's also a hester. Since for the mashpia we say there was no hester, because he sees in the garment the whole depth. So therefore, ultimately, the recipient has everything, even if it's going to take him or her time to unravel. Those are the, the oasis. One of the ways, out of, an, of, out of infinite metaphors and manifestations, has to do then with how we look at a fundamental question. And this has to do with the relationship between individual faculties and characteristics that you may call metzias or koiches protem, the individual personality characteristics of the person and his or her relationship with Hashem. I'm looking for the marshal. <laughs> Talking about Mishalim. And this is a very deep, very, very deep idea, an important idea. Ain't so if God is infinite. Infinity is infinitely above everybody the same way. If uh, theoretically, if we could speak about an infinite amount of dollars, I know we can't because dollars are not infinite. But just purely in theoretical language, I don't mean this practically. There's a difference between somebody who has in his bank account $100 and somebody who has $10,000, and somebody who has $100,000, a half a million dollars, and somebody who has $8 million stashed away in a savings account. There's a big difference. There's also a difference between the person who has maybe a million dollars or ten million dollars and the person who's worth twelve billion dollars. There's also a difference. And there's a difference between the person who has twelve billion and the person who owns sixty or fifty billion dollars. There's a dramatic difference. And you'll ask them, you'll know what a difference there is. Because one can't sleep. One can't sleep every night until he reaches the next level on Forbes. So there's a difference. But that's all within finiteness, even though it's big numbers. If we could talk about somebody who theoretically has infinite money, then 
one and ten and a hundred and a million and a billion and twenty billion and sixty billion are all equally remote from infinity. It's not like if I have another million, I'll get closer to infinity. I have another billion, I won't get closer. If you take away a million dollars from ten million dollars, there's a noticeable difference. The person only has nine, not ten. <coughs> and he will make sure to report it to the IRS. And if you take away from a hundred dollars, ten dollars, there's a difference. Which means even if you take away one dollar from a million, there's a difference. It's not noticeable, it's not big, but it's ultimately made up of individual dollars. If something is made up of individual dollars, that means that if you take one and then another one and another one, another one, you're ultimately making a dent in the pie. You're making a dent in the apple pie. Why are you making a dent in the apple pie? Because it's made up of particles. It's made up of pieces. Even if it's made up of a million pieces, you take one, there's a difference. Again, I don't mean noticeable if you take one dollar, although usually people who are wealthier notice more when you take away a dollar. <laughs> don't always put your confidence in the divim and great benefactors. Somebody who doesn't have tshua, he'll help you. But ultimately there's a difference. When you talk about infinity, so then a hundred, a thousand, a million, a billion, a trillion, nothing brings you closer. Just like nothing brings you closer, you take off, you take off, you take off, you're not making a dent in the pie because it's infinite. It's a different realm completely. Because it's a different realm completely, so you could say one and a million and a billion are equally close to infinity and equally far. It's not like if I have another million, I got closer. How did I get closer? I have another million dollars in the world of finite, I got more. But in the world of infinity, it's equally remote. And therefore, you could take and take and take and take and take. And you're not touching it. You're not affecting it. Why are you not affecting it? Because it's a chathil in a different realm. What's the way that finite man can connect to infinite God? What's the way? What's the way that finite man, everything in human life is finite? My mind is finite. My brain is finite. My heart is finite. My body is finite. My capabilities are finite. My awareness is finite. Limited. My potentials, my faculties, my talents, my resources. What we call I, identity. The identity we cherish. But that identity is a certain image. It's a certain box that boxes me in. As much as it liberates me, it also boxes me in. This is who I am. This is what I like. This is what I don't like. These are my hobbies. These are my instincts. If I were to go around this room and ask everybody to take 60 seconds and describe who you are, not what your nose looks like, and not what, how you like your coffee, although that's very important, especially early in the morning, but who you are, who you are in your innermost place. If you can just write down on a piece of paper who you are, Right? How many people you think can do that easily? If you talk about Sunday football, people could speak four hours about it without hesitating. When you speak about a serious question, not that it's not serious, Sunday football may be very serious for certain individuals, maybe even life and death issue, Yaharik Valyavar. But sometimes when it comes to innermost core issues, suddenly people become silent. And it's not because they have nothing to say, it's because they may have too much to say. It's too intense, it's overwhelming. But even that somebody who expresses that, ultimately, as deep as it is, it's a picture of my self-image, of my self-concept. And even if I grow, 
And I go, there are people who search and search. They'll go to every workshop and every seminar. They'll read every possible book. They'll listen to every possible class. They want more and more. They have this incessant search for, for information and enlightenment and truth, what you call a mavakesh, somebody who has this, this bikush. But after 90 years of searching, I can only access that which my brain can access which my life can access based on who I am, based on my IQ, based on my EQ, based on my chemistry, and based on another million, billion factors of my life of nature and nurture. How does then man, finite, connect to the infinite? How is there? Is there a point of connection? And the truth is it would seem that to finite you can go, again, one and a million and a billion and a trillion, and you're not getting closer to infinity. It's like you'll say, because you can climb Mount Everest, Therefore, you're closer to Mars. Well, you're physically a little closer to Mars, but you're not getting on Mars from Mount Everest. It's a quantum leap. Yes, the fact that you could climb to the top of Mount Everest is extremely impressive, but that's all impressive within. Within the domain, within the territory of our planet, you want to get to the moon, and certainly you want to get to Mars, and you want to get above that. It's a whole different realm. You... And having all the gear and being the most muscular, trained mountain climber whose body is agile and, uh, and completely in shape to be able to do that, it's impressive. And it's worthwhile for some of us, certainly, with the right uh, precautions. But nonetheless, everybody understands that's all a limited level of growth that can take you to certain heights, but that's it. Now, once you want to go above that into a different realm which was not infinite but we call it outer space which is pretty big <laughs> it's pretty it's more infinite than our world if we want to make ch- gradations in infinity now the best body in the world and the best hiking gear in the world and the best climbers in the world it really add doesn't add up to anything now you need a spacecraft and that's a completely different creature in other words you can't do it on your own because we live in this world of finite so you're going to get to the moon how are you going to get to the moon I, you climb 30,000 feet or 20,000 miles, Givaldic. That's all in the realm of earth. How then does man, finite, even the greatest spiritual or intellectual or climber, touch infinity? And therefore, there is an approach, and all these approaches, we say on them, they're not approaches to be dismissed. They're approaches that are authentic. There is an approach that essentially one has to say goodbye to the finite self in order to touch infinity. And the more one could say goodbye, the more one can access truth. And even though one can't access the full truth, but nonetheless, finiteness is ultimately a distraction, a disturbance. And from this comes two approaches in Avodah Hashem that have been taught, practiced, and are still taught to a, to, a, to a degree, although it's not taken probably as seriously as it, did, it was in earlier times, that generally speaking, the more you could leave the world, and the more you could leave the self, the more hope you have to touch ultimate truth. This is what we call in Svarim, precious. Precious means asceticism, segregation. Why? Push it. The whole world is based on one big fat lie. You want to live in a lie, live in a lie. Based on a tzimtzum. 
And the lower you get, the more tzimtzum and more tzimtzum and more tzimtzum. So therefore, are there compromises you have to make? Yeah, as long as you're alive, you have to make compromises. Balkar chachatachai, the Mishnah says. You're forced to be alive. But the person who cares for real spirituality must look for it above and beyond. Get to the top of the mountain and then try to go a little higher. Is it true that you won't be able to undo all the tzimtzum? Of course not. But at least, at least, ultimately, the real place happens when you, when you go out of the realm of finiteness as much as possible with the tools that you have. If you can get onto that spaceship and stay far away from this planet, spiritually speaking. And that's why there has been an approach by many, many holy people. This people attributed to Christianity, but that's not the case. It's uh, people like to say that today, but it's not the case. It's been the case among many great and holy Jews. Anybody who's familiar with 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 with, with our svarim of of Machshove and Ashkafa and Musar over the generations, and in Chazal you'll find references to this as well, because there is a certain point of truth there, and that is that ultimately this world is the greatest cover up, the greatest contradiction for for genuine divine commitment, which is why you'll have comments and statements by teachers that, that, that seek segregation as much as possible. Why? Because it's very simple. The more you come into here, the more tzimtzumim you're dealing with, the more concealment you deal with. And the, the biggest one is the body, the goof. The goof is this physical, this physical creature who's completely insensitive often to spirituality. So yes, do you have to live? You have to live, but ultimately give it its due. But remember where real life is. Where is real life? Real life is the world of infinity. Let's say the world of Torah, the world of mitzvahs, the world of the spirit, the world of God, and so forth. And the reason is because even the greatest physical life ultimately is all a product of 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 post-symptoms. But this translates in one more element. And that has to do with personality, characteristics. All of our kana, this goes one step deeper, all of our characteristics are rooted in spheres. Spheres are God's characteristics. All spheres are based on tzimtzum, elikim. Without elikim, could there be chachma? No. Can there be chesed? No. Can there be gvura? No. Can there be category, definition, description? No. Even the world of Atsilas can't exist without Simtz, without Shem Alekim. Havaya Yudke Vavke, undefined, absolute infinite, completely pristine, no categories whatsoever. God is not wise and not kind and not empathetic because the definition of wisdom is identity, it's a category. The Maharal uh, has a famous critique on the Rambam in his Sefer Gvurus Hashem in his introduction that according to the Rambam, the Rambam has a description about Hashem in a few places in Hilchis Yisodei Torah and Hilchis Tshuva and Maher Nevuchim that Hu Amad, Hu Ayodeyev, Hu Ayodua famous expression of the Rambam. He is the, the knower, he is the knowledge and he is the known. By people, there's three things. There is the knower, right? There is the instrument of knowledge, the brain, the mind, and there is the known, the information, the data that comes into you. And there are three different things. There's who am I doing? So the Maral says, according to the Rambam, Chazal should have called him Haseichel Baruch Hu. 
The intellect, blessed be he. That's what Maral says. The Rambam should have called him Haseichel Baruch The intellect. He says, that's ridiculous. HaKadosh. And Kadosh means above, beyond, aloof. And this is the great, the great, uh, one of the great arguments that they have. And the Tanya, in chapter 2, the Alter, the Balatanya tries to reconcile the view of the Maral and the view of the Rambam, the view of Kabbalah and the view of philosophy. But what I'm trying to bring out is all spheres, all characteristics are based on screening, obscuring, channeling the light into a limited channel. That's what it is. So now I ask you, let's say you use your mind and you use your heart and you reach the highest spiritual places with them. Ultimately, it's a world of character. It's a world of definition. It's a world of finiteness. What's then the path to God? The path to God is ultimately through suppressing or negating characteristics in order to be able to touch infinity, which is beyond characteristics. Because as long as a person remains within the realm of character, of identity, all characteristics, meaning all personality traits, all character traits are ultimately a product of tzimtzum, even as they exist on the highest, highest level. Where does one meet the divine, pure divine? In the negation of individuality, which is all a reflection of character, in the negation of individual traits. There's only one way, and that is a place where we all meet where there's a generic service of God that is beyond the self. For example, you do what he wants. That's an example of relative what we would call infinity. In other words, you surrender yourself to do what he wants. But you're going to have enjoyment. You're going to look at it with your character. You can't make yourself into jello. That's true. And that's why, and that's why consciously or unconsciously, you will find a view... That enjoyment is somewhat of a distraction. It's a little bit of a frivolous indulgement. So yes, in 2019, we have to uh, nebach. We have to nebach tend to the sheep that uh, are so thirsty for some inspiration. So we compromise standards. But in the real ideal of Avodah Hashem, in the real ideal of Avodah Hashem, you should not be present there. What do I mean you? You, a uh, full emotional expression, full personality expression, is really a, uh, a, distra- a, a distraction. Or to put it maybe even in simpler terms is, are the paths to God different? Or is it ultimately one path for everybody? It's just you're trying to be different. There is an approach that, there's an approach that says ultimately, at the Bar Mitzvah we give the same blessing <laughs> to every boy. The question is how much you're ready to buy into it, how much you're ready to accept it. In the biography, ultimately, what really counts is the sublimation above self, the going out of your individual categories. And the more you can transcend that, the more you can touch truth. And therefore, ultimately, there's a generic, there's really a generic system that everybody falls into. What's that generic system? That which is above your own. That's an approach.
is that, is that the uh, ultimate uh, gaining Hakmavina Das or letting go of Hakmavina this, this, this is based on the notion that ultimately the world of Gvul is based on Simtsum, and therefore it's frustrating. It's a frustrating place. Yes, and you'll often see, you'll often see that, uh, again, it, it may, may not be conscious, these are the ways abstract ideas come down into Jewish life, but you'll sometimes, it will develop into a philosophy, for example, where all great people will share a very similar biography in youth. <laughs> Ultimately, there's one way, and that way is, there's, there's one identity, there's no real space in the real world. There's no real space to align identity with infinity because the two are mutually exclusive. So there are those who need to adult, indulge identity, and we will indulge them like we indulge children. We give them ice cream. But ice cream is not, is not, notwithstanding popular opinion, the path to infinity. It's a path to, 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 uh, to fat and some other things. It's not, do we give ice cream? Of course we give ice cream, but it's ice cream. It's, and at some point, they'll tell you, get rid of the ice cream and get rid of the potato chips. So you just said something very important. You said the biography of, of so many great people is very solid at the beginning. Every eight-day-old eight day baby is the same the same brothers we're saying. We don't know what the potential when we can say, you know, cut and go to Leah. So in a sense, we're saying we have to trace backward. It's that period before we differentiated from the eight-day-old baby at the bris when we were all, you know, generic. We have to really trace backward. So, yes, yeah, so in Shirish, a lot of these debates and arguments throughout Jewish history, for example, can you serve God in the world or no? The world you got to do, yeah, you have to live, so you got to be in the world, but the real service of Hashem is, is out of the world. It's through spiritual matters, not through physical matters. What is it based on? Everybody believes God created the world, and everybody believes that God also said, Well, not everybody believes that, but it's still a Pasuk in Chumash. Of course, L'Shem Shemayim. But that itself, is it something ultimately to be embarrassed of? Is it something that's like Nebach? You got to, you got to. So at least do it L'Shem Shemayim, so you won't end up in the worst place. But it's, it's ultimately, it's, it's the great compromise. And it's not just a question of, and the question is a general approach to one's body, general approach to one's physical self, general approach to the earth, general approach to the world, general approach to technology, to science, to physics, to the, the, every aspect of the world. How do you look at it? How do you really look at it? I'm not talking now about things that a person has to discipline himself in in order to serve God, that's obvious. But I'm talking about a general Hashkafic perspective on the entire reality of self, identity, the body. Should that even be discussed? Should that even Is that even a real, real discussion? Is that even a real conversation? Or again, I'm going to say it abstract, but I try to understand the Nekuda. Do we, if we connect to God and God is infinite, we can only connect in one way, and that's an identical fashion. The more I graduate my finiteness, it's where we meet the infinite, that's where we connect. In other words, the more surrender, the more submission of self, the more I could connect to truth, the more I could run away from self, which is all based on character and symptom and identity.
Self-actualization in many ways is a crime against divine service. Self-actualization is the language of the ego. Self-actualization is the language of vanity. Self-actualization is the language of hedonism. It's the language of, of something getting close to narcissism. All this is if you say Tzimtzum Kipshutai. If you say Tzimtzum Kipshutai, then all of this is really true. It's a compromise, yes. It's a playground. It's a playground for children because they can't get the truth. So you put them in a, in a sandbox with a couple of dolls. Right? Somebody once said, he said that his wife is very immature. What makes her immature? She said she came into the, to the bathtub where he was and she sunk all of his boats. Okay? So yeah, we put you in a bathtub. <laughs> you just got that. We put, <laughs> first taste. we put you in a bathtub and we give you a bunch of boats and play. We understand that. We understand that. This is your reality. Fine. God, God, God made a symptom, yeah. But, but if you want to join the big leagues, if you want to join the Navy SEALs, if you don't want to sit in the sandboxes, you want to join the big leagues, huh? the big leagues are somewhere else. You have to draw a line in the sand between the kids, between the kids and the adults. And this is an approach. And therefore, even when, when you're in the little leagues, a little guilt is necessary to be able to know that you're a child and there's something higher. And it will be expressed everywhere, will be expressed in books and in speeches and in shiurim, in an approach. Basically, Olam Haza is a tragic place. Personality is a sandbox. At best, a cute game, an entertaining game. At worst, the greatest distraction to truth. Generally, even emotions. Emotions is the big problem. All emotions are based on Certain ways of accessing reality. That's what an emotion is. Emotion, energy in motion. Emotion. It's a way of accessing reality in a very individual fashion, which is ultimately based on the characteristics that God developed through Tzimtzum. So the whole world of emotion is really a compromised world. And that's why every emotion begins with the word, I feel. So you have two mistakes here, I and feel, two problems. <laughs> I feel, one problem bigger than the other. For the whole, this whole I is based on a mistake, and this whole feel is based on a mistake. The I feel. Now there is a truth to all of this. It's all based on symptom. There is a truth to this. But the idea of symptom shaloi kipshutai, results in the opposite approach. The opposite approach means that it's not really that finite blocks out infinity. The finite is a channel for infinity. You just have to be able to reveal it. The Hester is not a real Hester. That means that the full depth of infinity can be found here and now in the world in the physical world, because ultimately even the lowest physical space is a muscle for Ein Saif. 
that you may have to go many, many steps. There's nothing that's not redeemable, not within yourself and not within the world. Of course, there's a certain system of Shulchan Aruch, this you engage, this you stay away from. Each thing according to its patterns, that's not a question. And this is where the fear of the other perspective was, you know, once you open up that sandbox, you're going to lose everything. It's all, you know, there's, in, in a way, the idea of, of control, the idea of, uh, of isolation, the idea of insulation. Even a question is, is, the, is, the, is the essence of Judaism based on isolation or impacting the world? We once spoke at length about Yosef and his brothers. It's ultimately based on this question. If Tzimtzum is Kipshutai, stay as far as possible. Why should you get into a place of darkness? If Tzimtzum is Shaloi Kipshutai, then it's the other way around. Then the very world is begging. It's yearning for sublimation. It wants to place its mouth on the mouth of man and declare together, Yizgadal v'yizgadash meirabah then the world itself is yearning for redemption. And there's nothing that can't be redeemed because the concealment is only the most external layer of, the, of, of reality. Really what it is, it's an expression of the Ein Soif. And that means when it comes to personality and character, not only don't you have to negate it, on the contrary, this is how your infinity is being expressed. Can it be a trap? Of course it could be a trap. Like the marshal can also be a trap where the student says, oh, that's a great marshal, and that's it. <laughs> he stops there. He doesn't see it as a marshal, as a nimshal. Like Shehashirim. We spoke about Shehashirim. Shehashirim, can it be a trap? Of course. But Shleimah HaMelech kept it. He wrote it the way he wrote it to teach this lesson. We spoke about Shehashirim, right? Shehashirim showed that the world is a marshal for a nimshal. That is what 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 Yiddishkeit teaches: to be able to see the nimshul in the marshal, to be able to see the infinite in the finite. It's a process; it takes work, but that means that the ultimate journey is not one of segregation; it's one of inclusion. It's not one of sublimation to go into the world of aloofness, but rather, it's the world in which you elevate everything where everything could be elevated. Again, there's, there's I, I, I have to emphasize this many times, when you say elevate everything, right, it doesn't mean I'm going to eat pork this evening for dinner, because tzimtzum is shalai That's where it becomes kfira. That is why in Jewish history there were those who were very, very concerned about this language, because, oh, so now let me learn in the bathroom. Let me take the Gemara into the bathroom, right? Tzimtzum shalai and let me do everything. And there were those Jews who went beyond the pale of halacha using these, this language. There's sparks everywhere and God is everywhere. So one has to be very, very cautious and under, uh, appreciate the, the emes of this. But the, the consequences are enormous in Jewish life, beyond what anybody imagines. In fact, most of the debates within Jewish life today can be traced back to the question of tzimtzum. And it boils down to one, one ultimate point. And that is, if the ultimate achdos, if the ultimate truth of Ein Saif can be experienced in the here and in the now, or not.
That's a very big question. Ultimately, if the great unity, if the great alignment with truth can be experienced within the world and within the self, or no, it cannot. Alignment with infinity demands run, retreat, fly upward, fly upward. And And this has to do also very much with the question of where the self comes in, where identity comes in. If a person has a talent, some people are very talented, they're very creative, right? I'll sometimes see this, really see this with Bali Truva. People who make their way back to Judaism. And some of them are brilliantly creative people who have used their creativity in different ways. And very often they'll be encouraged, implicitly or, ex- or implicitly or not, directly or indirectly, not necessarily maliciously, but just by osmosis. If you want to be a real Yid... <laughs> If you want to be a real Jew, this, some of you sitting in this room know very well what I'm talking about. If you want to be, a, if you want to really, if you want good shidduchim for your kids, this got to go. <laughs> you know, you just put on that hat, put on the right hat, and make sure you fit in. Now, it comes down sometimes in very petty ways, but in 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 in, in, in shita and source, it's not so petty. What's this idea of everybody looking the same? Right, so people who are resentful and angry, social conformity, they want to destroy me. I understand that has happened to some people, but that's not the core of it. The core of looking the same is not trying to destroy people. Not everybody is a monster. People who have been hurt badly by systems, you know, look at everything very negative, which I understand. But for that, you need your own healing. Not everything is monstrous. The idea of looking the same means something very precious. And what is that? The more we look the same, the more we go out of our individual stuff, the more we can touch truth. You're not going to find God in the you. You're going to find God in the us. Or better, you're going to find God in the absence of of I, in in the transcendence of I. Now, I'm not telling you everybody can articulate this. (laughs) I'm explaining to you philosophically how different streams of Judaism developed. And this is one of the most important distinctions. So it's, it, it trickles down into thousands of examples. But all of them come back to one point, And that is, run away from the tzimtzum. <laughs> run away from the gvul. There's no real place for it. We may indulge it, but deep down, when we wink to each other, we mock it. We may say, you know, we're going to be nice because, you know, it's part of get, doing chesed to get our lamhaba. <laughs> huh? The absence of I is not equal to us. You're right. Because if nobody has an I, then it's no us. Okay. You're right. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not specifying exactly how it works. But this is this is this is the approach. And you have to understand, it's very easy to dismiss it. It's not dismiss, so easily dismissive. There's, like in everything, there's truths to it. And in certain times and manifestations, one will see the value in it and the validity in it. There's something safe about it in many ways. There's something safe about it. It's like if everybody just does the same thing, we just know, we know what we're dealing with. I don't have to deal with individual, individuality, mishagasm. <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> I once heard from a Yid, 
<laughs> I mentioned him once. His name was Velvel Green. He's a professor. What did I say about him? Oh, about the evolution, yeah. So, uh, so, uh, so I heard from him in the early 60s. He came to meet the Lubavitcher Rebbe the first time from Minnesota. So he met somebody over there outside of Shul. So somebody going into the Rebbe tonight. He said, yeah, you should put on a hat. You should put on a hat, sir. So where do I get a hat? So there was some old hat store. So a guy, a galerant had a hat store. So he got this hat. It looked on him like uh, uh, like you'll put on an Upshurnish boy a hat. You know, these hats that come lower than your ears. I mean, it was good, but he's wearing the main thing. He's wearing a hat because they told him. Out of respect, you know, this is what you're doing. He walks in. <clears throat> so he told me, he says, the first thing, the Lubavitcher looks at him and says, what's that ridiculous thing on your head? It's making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> Take it off and then I can talk to you. <laughs> he says, yeah, but but this rabbi told me I meant He says, what? This rabbi said that you don't come in with you that hand. He says, listen, if you don't tell him, I won't tell him. <laughs> so you say, what do you mean? He himself was wearing a hat. Right? Yeah, you get the point. I'm just giving a, a, a simple illustration. So sometimes you'll say, yeah, well, you have to know where a person is. It's not only you have to know where a person is. In many ways, it's a much more messy world. Individuality is a messy world. Emotion, self, identity, who are you? Who cares who you are? Whoever you are, even after 100,000 years, it's not going to get you close to infinity. It's all climbing Mount Everest. She made it to the top of Mount Everest. I'll throw a party for you. That has to do something with the globe, with cosmos. That's all based on Simpson Kipshut. So those who hold sins of Shalom Kipshuto still heard Rabbi Akiva say, they recognized as a mushal, but they believe that the Rebbe did not give everything oh. to the Talmud, that it wasn't all oh. there for the Talmud to see. So according to the shit of Tzimtzum, not Kipshuto, means that the Ein Saif is not in the finite. The finite obscures the infinite. And therefore, ultimately, the world is a concession. It's Bidiyeved, it's not Lechatchila. It's Bidiyeved! But it's not the real, it's not the real, it's not the real way. It's not the lechatchila. There was a real break between the teacher and the student. And therefore, precious is really the place to go. As much as you could segregate, what would express itself primarily? The Jew, right? Who sits in the attic for 95 years and eats a minimum. Yeah? That's to be glorified. The more hunchback you are, and I mean spiritually speaking, the more... The more, uh, I don't know the word, the more, uh, huh? Bent over in the terms that the, the, the whole world is bent, bent. You see the whole world is bent over. And again, there's a beauty to it too. How does the existence of Torah defined by Simpson Lokeh Peshutah, the mitzvahs of Maisa, an hour of mitzvahs of Maisa and Tovah, if they're eternal, they're eternal. They're not limited, right? So how does that, how does that first approach that Simpson define mitzvahs Everybody holds Hashem gave Torah and mitzvahs to this world. Is it, is it infinite or is it not infinite? No, so Torah and mitzvahs is infinite. So that's an exception. That yes, yes. Torah and mitzvahs is God's. So that's God. Yes, yes. So there is something. And of course, of course. Of course. Even to those that yes. 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 This was really the ultimate way through both of these. Yeah. And sometimes you can have two Jews speaking about 
various developments of technology. Now, anyone with Seichel knows that technology could be a great trap for addiction, for wasting time. Some people in this room know what that means, wasting time. And worse than wasting time, frying brains, killing brain cells, creating people who are intoxicated by some form of technology and they're not self-aware anymore. Well, you know that. But I'm not talking, that's obvious. Because the same is with food. (laughs) You can eat food and it's a mitzvah. And you can eat food and it's an addiction. And you need help. You can make Kiddush on wine and do a mitzvah and connect to infinity. And you can make Kiddush on wine and you're an alcoholic. It's an Aveira. It's a sin. So we know this traps of human nature. You have to be careful. I'm going beyond that now. In the ultimate ideal world. Two people could speak about technology. For one person, technology is ultimately a curse. Right? It's ultimately a curse. Even if I need it and I use it, etc. But it ultimately brought down the world. And for another, it's a marshal. <laughs> it's a marshal means it's the Ein Saif being communicated. The same is true with every truth of the world. Every scientific development, if it's based on truth. Every appreciation in the world, every truth in the world of physics. The world of biology and the world of cosmology. Again, I'm not talking about theories that are disproven in 20 years. I'm talking about the truths of God's world. It's all a marshal for ain't self. There's nothing you have to detach from. There's nothing in yourself you have to detach from. Here, personality and character are not just tolerable. They're rather part of the way in which you connect to the infinite. They have to be part of the way that you connect. Because... This is the language of Ein Saif that is contained within the marshal. So the body now is not a detestable, despicable thing that we tolerate because if you get rid of your body, you won't be able to do good things, right? And there is that stage. You will see in Jewish literature conversations about the body that see the goof as basically this despicable, this despicable rodent, Right? This little creature, monstrous, self-centered, stingy guy who steals nine hours for sleep and hours for eating and drinking and then all of his other cravings and addictions and tithes, for live with it. And there was a shit of those who believed in Tinius and Sigufim. What was Sigufim? Sigufim meant, literally, they would, they would mortify the body like a slave. Like you whip your slave, you are a slave. And I will whip you, and sometimes even torture you. And not and not always was it based on on abuse. For them, this was not abuse. This was a path to spiritual enlightenment. There were Hasidic Ashkenaz, the Gilgulei Sheleg, serious stuff they did with their bodies. They did with their bodies, and there are people who speak about this today with nostalgia, and they'll try to share it with their with the students in yeshiva. But they realize. That Nebach, the kids today are brats. They're American brats, so we have to compromise. And there is something glorious in that. Very important. You know, people are over black, white, right? It's not white, wrong. There's, there's something, there's a point to it. Because, yes, you could become crazy about your body and worship it to the extent. Right? Anybody who knows what's go, what goes on in Facebook and Hollywood, you worship your body and your mind dies in the process, your soul dies in the process, your relationships die in the process. Came the Baal Shem Tev, and he said there's a Pasuk in Parashas Mishpatim. 
L'choyra, pshat in a posik. It's not a pshat in a posik. It's a, it's a worldview. The posik says, Kisire chamar yisaynacham. If you see the donkey of your enemy, Reivet tachas masoy. Crouching under its burden. Your enemy's donkey is nabach. Somebody put a big burden. It's crouching. You don't want to help him. It's your enemy. So the Gemara in Psachim wants to know how could somebody be your enemy if you're an Erlich So it says you saw that he did a virus. Psachim Kufyud Gimel, there's a sugya. Mutalis noise, mitzvahless noise. Vichadalta, you won't help. There's a mitzvah to help him, help unburden, unburden the, the donkey. So the Baal Shem Tev Taicht, Kisire Chamoir, Chamoir doesn't only mean Chamoir, a donkey, Chamoir comes the word Chamoir. When you look at your own Chamoir, Chamoir is your brute materialism, your Chumrius, what we call in Yiddish Grabkeit, your physical bruteness. And you'll see Sainacha, it's your enemy, it's an enemy of your soul. Roivitz Tachas Masai, God gave you Gufa burden, the burden of Tayrit, Fila Mitzvah, it's not interesting. The body says, I want to sleep all day. I couldn't care less about you or truth. The body sits down on the couch, literally, become a couch potato. That's where the expression comes from. I'm not caring. You want to carry? Carry. Says the Balshemtiv, you may think, well, how do you have to deal with this Chamar? Abandon him, neglect him. Tiny is You will fast so much. Shayvavim. Shayvavim is nothing. Shayvavim is a farshpais. I will teach you who's boss. What you do to a slave. What they used to do to slaves. I'm not going to talk now about the South of America and grapes of wrath. What they do to slaves when they didn't behave. You know what they did, yeah? They didn't invite them to a class. They didn't say, let's go to therapy and figure out a good way of relationships between you and me. That's not how they dealt with slaves. They beat them and whipped them until either the slave revolted and died, or if not, you were beaten into shape. Beat your body into shape. And this was a derech, fasting, fasting, mortifications of the body. They would do things, not kill the body, you're not allowed, but for tshuva and for discipline, etc., and this was an approach by big Jews. It's not the Baal Shem Tov wasn't talking about Christians. It was an approach by Christians too. Celebacy, etc. Jews didn't hold from celebacy. But the idea of, of, of getting that body into shape, ooh, the Chadal you're not going to be there for it. The Baal Shem Tov continues and he says, and I quote, Loi, this is a quote, Loi bezu haderech yishkoin oir hatayra. In the, through this path, the light of Torah will not dwell in you. Ozoiv tazoiv imoy. Levaris haguf, lahalis haguf, lazachiches haguf. In his words, help it, work with it. You have to, you have to speak to it. You have to listen to it. What's this all based on? It's not stama vort. The Baal Shem Tev saw that in the 1800s and 1700s, if we continue to torture the body, we're going to lose Klal Yisrael. So therefore, let's introduce Cholent and Herring and Kishkes and Kugel. That has to do with the Baal Shem Tev, yeah? Like I am a mentor of kangaroos in New Zealand. Even though some people think that's what the Baal Shem Tev taught. Ozef Tazavimai, let's bring in the Kishke for Tayamea. Punkt Faket. 
He wasn't teaching a compromised Judaism for a new hedonistic generation who needs Kiddush Club. So let's drink a little schnapps and we'll get a little tipsy and we'll have everything. We'll have the cake and we'll eat it too. And if you have some extra time, you'll learn a blot Gemara. And when that was represented that way, I understand with the Vilna Gon and other Litvish Agdoilim, oh, this is the new Judaism. Very nice. Schnapps. Yeah, some sponge cake. Today it's already more developed. But I don't know if in Ukraine they had more than a little schnapps. Certainly no jalapeno herring, and I don't know how spicy their, their, their cholent was. This is a complete misunderstanding of the whole idea. This wasn't based on a diluted form of Judaism. It was based on contrary. That before Mashiach comes, one ultimately has to understand the achdos, the unity. And the unity of Ein Soif is not a unity by Shamayim Imal. As he said, Im Esak Shamayim Shamata, Vatsiyah that even the most physical manifestation of life, like the body, which seems at the surface to be dull and insensitive to the spirit, it has its own agenda. Now I want to eat, now I want to drink, now I want to sleep, now I want to do this craving, that craving, that craving. It's really a marshal. The whole Ein Soif is there. The student has not been blocked. The whole information is here. The whole infinity is there. In the body, in the world, in the self, are there moments of pre-tzimtzum? Of course there's moments of pre-tzimtzum. In fact, in order for tzimtzum, in order not to get trapped in the world of tzimtzum, you have to have a connection with pre-tzimtzum. That's a separate shear. Yom Kippur and Purim. Yom Kippur and Purim, yeah. The vart of, I once said from the Yidah Kaddish, you know the vart about the Mishnah and Caleb, the days that are makabal to my days, that vart. The Purim and Yom Kippur, yeah. Hafla de Kavart. Okay, but it's not for now, it's a whole shear. But the point here is, yeah, and by the way, and by the way, that's the reason, continuing last year, why? In the last generations, literally last years or last century, in the world of technology and science, we have received the telegram, the telegraph, the radio, television, the computer revolution, and the internet revolution. These are not mistakes of history. What do they represent as a marshal? What do they represent? They represent information being processed without delay. In other words, the teacher reaching the lowest level without delay. Radio, technology, computer, internet is all a marshal for a direct communication of Ein Saif. Time and space represents, it takes time to get here. There's physical time. Before the radio, I sent the letter. Six months later, you got it in Israel. Today, if you didn't text me from Israel within 20 seconds, I already have a question on our, ident- our relationship, right? You're not my friend. Why didn't you text me? 20 seconds passed, you didn't text me. And people get upset at you. Especially if you have the technology that you could see if the guy read your text. So he read, and he doesn't answer me. Chas v'shalom to think somebody is busy, God forbid. Who's busy today? Why don't you have your phone with you? He was in the bathroom. That's not an excuse. Beis is not an excuse. It used to be a good excuse for your Rebbe in Cheder. It's not an excuse anymore. You take it with you. Baruch Hashem, the Shabbos. But what's the real Nekudah? Communication transcending time and space. What, what's time and space a marshal for? Time and space is a marshal for processes. This here and this there. I can't get from here to there. I need 
there's stages, there's space in physical space, there's space spiritually, a lower space, a lower space. What is the technology of instantaneous, inform- the, the, what we call inf- information revolution? What does it represent? The information revolution represents a world in which infinity can trickle down the ladder without delay. In other words, it's direct communication from pre-Tsimtsum because that's the only way in which you don't get stuck within the Tsimtsum. But ultimately, what's the Nekuda? The Nekuda is what the Baal Shem was trying to convey is that the self, the world, not just the spirituality of the world, the physicality of the world, it could be a trap. For sure it could be a trap. It's a symptom. There's a concealment. Nobody, you have to know that. When people forget that and they turn the world into divine, then it becomes dangerous. Talmidiyah Hashem, they exercise that approach Hashem? Very little. Talmidiyah Hashem, you won't find it. There's the, the Magid once told his son, Rebbe Avram HaMalach, he wrote him a letter, a kleine lechele in gif is a greise lechele in neshama. A little hole in your body is a big hole in your soul. What do you mean? Fakert? <laughs> Perforate that body as much as possible. His approach was the opposite. Generally, Talmud Yav Hashem... Uh, oh? Did have a position? The position didn't have a penny. He didn't have food. It wasn't... Sometimes for a certain... You have to also have to send the opposite approach. Oh, for some people eating... Was painful. It was like a real distraction for them. Sigufim was to eat. You also have to understand that also. But as an approach in life, as an approach in life, it wasn't about abandoning the body or abandoning the world or abandoning the self. On the contrary, in the real ashkaf, and not because it's a compromise. Fakert. It's to be able to see the ein soif of Torah and mitzvahs in every nakuda of the world, because tzimtzum is not kibshut. I asked my question before about the Kama Yenishu that life experience this is exactly the Kuda we couldn't have had this year we couldn't have had this year on opening day because because we need background, the background. The background. Of everything we've learned. So now we're ready for this. Now we're ready for this. It's a lot to unpack. I'm going to say it's the only way finiteness and infinity can connect us to certain things. MS. That goes to the community. Whether it's simply a cheap shooter or not, that's the only way. That's true. That's true. Good. So, it's not a stitter. No, not, not only this one. He's asking, it says that Taira Mitzvah is the link to Hashem. Avada. He's saying, it says in Tanya, Pedic Dalad. It says in Zoya, Leis Machshavet Tfisa Beiklal. Kiim, so in Zoya, in Tanya, it says, Kiim Kashet Tfisa Mislabeshes Betaira Mitzvah. That's what you mean. You Taifas Hashem through Taira Mitzvah. Because it's ain't safe. 
What am I going to grasp Hashem because I'm feeling excited today? I'm grasping my own emotion. Das is emes. Because we live in the world of tzimtzum. Das is emes. But through Torah and mitzvahs, and avoid that one can ultimately be megala in the in the as he puts here the pnimius and atzmos eirin but without Torah and mitzvahs, right? The person is just left with the tzimtzum. That's what I'm saying. There's no way for you started this whole question. Finally, this infinity. How do they have a relationship? According to no, no, so that's you can touch. That's true. Can have a relationship with It's through mitzvahs. It's through doing a shams. Actual physical. So what's the difference? You can only do mitzvahs in this world. The next world is over, right? You cannot do mitzvahs there. Okay. So what's the difference? The difference of Tzimtzum, like Kipshutai, everybody holds we're here for a purpose, no question. Everybody holds you have to serve Hashem. Right. That's not a right. And no one holds that you have to eat because you, you love to eat, right? No, nobody holds that. So in practical terms, what's the difference? Not practical, but Lemaise is different between the two Pshutai. Lemaise is, if ultimately the Hashkafa on the world is Bittel or Tikkun, Azoi or the Azoi? Bittel or Tikkun? Everything's a balance. Of course you always need balance. When you have Tikkun, you need Bittel. When you have Bittel, you need Tikkun. But ultimately the question is, if will brechen the Welt or if will aufheben the Welt? If will brechen the Welt so the, one of the histories of Teres of Hashem was or to be to lift it up or to be Megala the MS of the world and again it's in Yonim and in Yonim Dakim it's not like everybody believes the world is Hashem's world it's not, uh, it's not a, we're not talking about brute uh, there's the approach of other religions where you know no periodivity, yeah, whatever, the galochim, etc. Is it an end goal of getting somewhere? In other words, in other words, within, within, when a person appreciates the true primius of the marshal, so as he says, they can experience the full gilu of Ein Saif here. Alles ist der, alles ist verbunden mit so that's a question. So one approach is that if you have to deal with the world, you have to deal with the world, but the Yevet. Another approach is that the world is waiting to be elevated. The world is waiting to be redeemed. It's not a person detaches from Torah and goes into the world, but the Yevet. It's this tension. It's a terrible tension. Avada, there could be a terrible tension. But that's not the kavana. The kavana ultimately is to be mezachich the whole world. 
And that's not a tragedy. That's the whole kavana. The neshama is sent down in order to reveal the ain't soif in the world and in every nekut of life. The Nebim had like a natural precious because there was not so much stuff around. Yeah, listen, in each neshama there's also there's people who are made to, to, to be segregated. You also have to know your neshama. We talk about personality. There's some people that this is taka their shlichas. Like you have Yisachar and you have Zvulun, right? You had Kayanim and Leviim and you had Yisraelim. And even within each person there's balance. It has to do with your Shoresh HaNeshama. It has to do with your circumstances. It has to do with the shlichas of your soul in the world. There's no question. There's always balance. There's always differences. Even if Tzimtzum Shalaykim Shutei, there are those that their Indian is Ruchnius, not Gashmets. Why? Based on so many different things. Based on their kishrayness, who they are, what their position is, their limitations, their talents, their uniqueness, their gifts, their position among the Jewish people, Klal Yisrael. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.